Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, baby. Hey. hey. How are you? I mean, we usually say hello. Oh, yeah. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Okay. I was just trying to bring a different I know you kind were. of flavor, a different energy. It is a Monday morning. We don't normally record on Monday mornings. And That's true. Just bringing that Monday morning heat. You know, everybody comes back to work <laughs> fully recharged. Ready for the They've day. They've got all that energy, and they're like, yeah, let's do this. You know, when you, I, it's been a while since I worked an office job, but I remember is people would come running into the office mm-hmm. like it was like the announcer announcing like the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls, and we would all come <laughs> in, and we'd rip through the paper banner, and like the announcer would announce each one of us as we came in totally pumped, totally psyched to make all the sales and stuff. I don't think I ever worked a sales job in an office now that I think about it. Wait, is this all a dream? I think so. You know what? I was actually kind of hoping for a snow day, and I don't exactly know why, because I don't get the day off when there's a snow day. Like, I mean, if- Oh, we like having our kids home. It would be, I mean- we Sometimes, like- yeah. I like the idea of hanging out with my kids. Yeah. In practice? I hit or miss. <laughs> I've just had a whole weekend of hanging out with my kids and I needed a little break, but still the anticipation of maybe getting a snow day. I mean, because we had like six to eight inches yesterday. I think that it is. This is severely dating this podcast. Let's continue. I'm just saying that I think that that is your from uh, basically once you start school to like graduating, whatever your highest level of, of education is. Is ingrained in you of like, oh, it's snowing. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, and even as an adult, you're like, this doesn't benefit me at all. But <laughs> unless there's a like a snow emergency and everything's closed, like I do remember, I went to, I mean, a, a heavily commuter college, right? And so there were a couple of years where we even got snow days off of college. Yeah, it happened. It happened in Oklahoma too because we would have wind. Oh, issues. Yeah. The wind in Oklahoma occasionally would come sweeping down the plains. Can you believe it? And it would uh, cause serious damage. Um, big and issues. Then, it's not funny. And then when I worked at uh, a community center, they had to close whenever there was a level three. And I think that they even closed yesterday in a level two. I don't know. Anyway. One time I, when I was working at Best Buy, there's a snow emergency and I didn't know it until I showed up to work ah! and the manager was there. And the manager was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, "My regular nobody was supposed to be here. And I was like, okay, I'll head home. And then she said, well, the roads aren't safe, so just go ahead and work. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, you did it. <laughs> it was the worst. Job. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about a very interesting cultural phenomenon. Okay. Like we do. I think I have like a loose idea of this thing. It is. Victorian garden hermits. Okay. You throwing in the word there clicked it over to a different thing oh, than I knew of. Okay. Because I was thinking when you just said Victorian hermits, where I was okay. just like, oh, is this like, uh, you know, Emerson, like no. going and living by the lake? But this is like when you had a fancy estate, uh-huh. you would more or less hire a hermit yep. to live on your grounds. Well, they don't get paid, but you do, you do furnish the apartment and uh, you feed them. You would have a live-in or a live-out hermit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is this why? Oh, what's the Hermitage? Who had that? Was that Andrew Jackson? Maybe. What? I don't have my phone on me. I can't Google it. Oh, no. Okay. I paused. I got my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up why. Anyways, don't worry I'm, about I'm, I'm going to continue talking okay. about garden hermits, also known as ornamental hermits, were, like you said, people who were hired by rich landowners to live in the estate. It's kind of like the ultimate cottage core accessory <laughs> at the time. Okay. Does that make sense? Wow. Um, okay. Now listen, listen. There is a underlying problem here. Mm. Obviously, classism. Yeah. Uh and quite literal objectification of a human being. Indeed. Where you're like it's like having a garden gnome, but it's a living human person going around. So yes. there is obviously a lot of problematic uh, stuff going on here that if somebody today was like, well, here's what I'm going to do, I'd be like, no, why would you do that? No, right? It's like if somebody was like, well, it's like I have a guest house and they're going to live in it, <laughs> but instead they're a decoration. No, but well, the idea of it at the time was not seen that way. No, right? it was not. I would say that this is in modern terms. I would like to think of it more as like a uh, like a, a historical reenactor would okay. be would be like uh, like we used to have uh, in my hometown we had a Heritage Days festival right because we had several log cabins from throughout the Dayton area all kind of like they were trucked in and put in the same little. Um, Little park. Yes, I've right? been there. Yes. And as a Girl Scout, we often volunteered to put to put on historical dress and stay in a specific like area, right? And do chores, do historical chores. So like there I, we would have to like I had to peel apples and I had to make like corn do- husk dolls and like talk to people about what I was doing. And I mean, I wasn't I was a Girl Scout. So I wasn't like a professional, like historical reenactor. But like but it, someday your dreams would come true. Wait, it so- feels to me a little bit like that, because this is kind of what these hermits were expected to do. Were they actors or I mean, uh, no, they I, were I guess- people. No, I understand that. What I mean is, like, were they playing the role of this hermit? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, Because my assumption was that they were unhoused people, and it was a very classist, like, taking advantage of thing. But I mean, it didn't have to be. Some some people kind of, like, would use, like, you know, how, um, would, would use, like, your youngest brother or whatever, who's never going to inherit the estate, right? Yeah. Instead of kind of like just letting him loose in the world, you say, hey, I have this hermitage on the estate. How about you go and live there? You can do what you like, read books, I'll, I'll feed you, and just kind of like stay out of trouble. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, it certainly could have been an unhoused person where they were like, I have the job for you. Come with me, right? Little, yeah. Like that, but it also could have been just a like a guest house almost. Okay, so how did this go? And by the way, I looked it up. Andrew Jackson's place is called the Hermitage, not based off of this, but just like a place to be away from everybody. Yeah, it's a secluded residence within the estate. Yeah, I guess that that's the thing. Is like I guess when you say like Hermitage, my mind goes to like a hut 
right? It Somewhere could be, that's but it not very have nice. To be. But it could be, as you're saying, it could be like a guest house. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So if you were like well to do in the 1800s, you were going to try and like flex a little bit. Sure. Right? Yeah. So you have a bunch of land. Um, you have, you know, these beautiful, some of them might be ornamental gardens. Some of them might just be like wooded areas. You know, they but have. But they weren't like functional, like vegetable gardens or whatever, some, right? Some places would have that, absolutely. But that's not what you would have in your, like, go out, step out on the veranda and look upon my tomatoes, Well, right? that would be kind of, like, behind the house, near the servants' areas. Because right. otherwise you're having flowers and mazes Certainly. and hedgerows. yes, yes. And that was and close. weird sundials and sculptures <laughs> of babies in diapers with bows. So that would be close to the main house, right? But you had all of this land that could be used for, like, hunting, I suppose. Yeah. But also, um, you wanted to kind of, like, encourage people to go horseback riding through it or, like, walks in the woods and things like that, right? I think and we, one of the need ways- to do, we need to do a whole episode on, like, what an estate actually looks like because mm-hmm. I think— People probably got the start of a feeling of it from like Downton Abbey and stuff. But when I uh, like service level thing, I'm going to say, I'm like, it's a big house with land. But there's so much more to it than that where you're like managing the entire surrounding area and the people who live on it and like all of this stuff. I mean, you you definitely had like a groundskeeper and usually a gamekeeper if it was big enough. But so you would build like grottos and different buildings just like and a playboy mansion like i guess is it a state i mean this it is. Is, if you think about it it is um and so you might have some like folksy buildings i mean we hear about you he- you've heard about marie antoinette's uh the little toy farm little basically. toy farm well, i say toy but i mean miniature that you could live in it was full size yeah in the way of like it was the idealized kind of like pastoral you had like a little hen house it's like if you went a to stable. a petting zoo yeah and, a thing, and they had like the little buildings and like that's the barn the, the sheep. but it's all like half scale you know what i mean that kind of deal it wasn't full size no, no. i mean it wasn't industrial size but it's so wild man uh there once again we talk about it all the time but super sizes go they do an episode of it and just to picture like all of the frippery and finery and stuff that they were dripping in and then sitting there like surrounded by sheep and cows and having the fanciest tea <laughs> next to like a hay know, bale so funny. and like i don't think that I don't think that they were going for the irony of the juxtaposition, but it is. No, they were going for the novelty. Right. But you look at it and you're just like, wow, that's the most out of touch thing I've ever seen. So landowners would hire people to live in these buildings and kind of add to the ambiance. Ambiance, excuse me. Ambiance. That's how I say it. And um, so, you know. I think it's pronounced ambulance. Everyone (laughs) wanted to have their own hermit. To show that they could afford, you know, but supporting another person. But somebody had to get the first hermit, right? Somebody did. Somebody had to do this for the first time, and then somebody was like, well, I've got to get myself a hermit. Exactly. Hermit the frog. So there's a professor, Gordon Campbell, um, who's a professor of Renaissance studies at the University of Leicester. Um or is it Lister? I honestly don't know. It looks like Worcestershire, but that's not it. No. 
Well, you see, honey, because uh, I think it's Lister because England is such an old country. They have all these extra letters they lying do. around. They just so they got to put it into all the names of places because they're just left over from a different time. And his book is "The Hermit in the Garden: From Imperial Rome to Ornamental Gnome." Oh, um, I get it. Yeah, and so this was a trendy practice in England at this time, but it goes all the way back to Rome. Um, Roman Emperor Hadrian had a villa complete with a small lake and a structure that was just big enough for one person to comfortably live in. Um, And this was one of the things where, like, you could—it was a big flex, wasn't it? You could support someone who was just kind of there to— putter around. I mean, right? even today, right? Imagine if one of your friends is like, yes, we just bought a house and it has a separate guest house in the back. Like, without having to know anything else about the mm-hmm. property, yeah. you're like, oh, okay. Oh, oh. All right. Um, and so we've found these ruins of this early hermitage um, in the 16th century. And so uh, Pope Pius IV decided he was cool enough to build one himself. And, I mean, at this point, the popes were, like, rolling in cash, right? Unlike now, where they're (laughs) so poor. So, so poor. Uh, So he took the early Roman inspiration and built a a small cottage, uh, a little villa in Vatican City with access to woods nearby. Um, And so originally... Uh-huh. At this point, they were supposed to be religious devotees, right? Okay. So someone who would come to, like, quietly reflect on their faith and get away from everything. So, like, no partying. No partying. It was like the cloister without the actual cloister. Okay. Right? So it was just one person. It gave person. you a place to study where you didn't have to worry about paying you know, rent and mortgage or whatever. And you can right. just be there and chill out away from the temptations and distractions of the world. This is uh, this is why in lots of places, um, I read about one in York uh, where the hermitage is attached to a church, right? Mm. And it's like a one-room kind of stick-on to a church, and it will have like a table and chairs and bed. And some of them even have like peepholes into the church so they can listen and see the services going on mm, so they can sneaky sneaky worship it's not really hidden but like a sneaky worship. everybody knows you're there but like there's Hi, a guy... everybody it's me i'm praying in here don't <laughs> look at me <laughs> in the clip that i saw there was a guy in the 70s who had been there since like for like 30 years, years. Oh, okay had been there just lived in the one room um and he had like an outhouse across the parking lot or whatever okay interesting i have uh, so many more questions. But first, how about a thank you note to our sponsors? This week, we are sponsored by Zola. As fun to use as it is to say, you know, Teresa, I would marry you all over again. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I don't think I'm allowed to without going through a divorce first, and that seems like so much We work. could have a vow renewal. Yeah, but that's not the same. Do you still get as many presents for that? I don't know. Well, if people don't bring a present, they don't get in. <laughs> that's my new rule. You know when people are like, no presents necessary. Mine's going to be like, presents 100% necessary. It's your ticket in. That's how you get in, baby. And in fact, even if you weren't invited, show up with a present. <laughs> Come on in. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. That's overly complicated. What I've just built in and uh, a wild precedent to set. <laughs> but with Zola, you can make your special day easy as pie. Pie is very difficult. I don't know why I wouldn't want to make it. Anyways. 
Yeah. Oh, it's getting away from me. Don't worry about it. it. Zola's free it's planning tools. It's rolling away from Yes, me. but with Zola's free planning tools, your special day won't get away from you. They're there for you on your special day, and they show you where to start. They help planning every step of the way. They also have venues and vendors, save the dates and invites, free wedding websites, and an amazing registry, all designed by wedding experts for couples like you. It's a one-stop shop. There you go. The Zola community is your place to share, celebrate, and vent. Everybody needs that with other engaged couples who know exactly what you're going through. And if you need expert help, there's Team Z, which is Zola's wedding advisors, ready to answer your questions. So let me tell you right there, all of this was worth it. As someone who went through, we did not at the time use Zola. We had to plan everything ourselves. And oh, I would say about half the time we defaulted to like, I don't know, man, that one. <laughs> and that's... <laughs> <laughs> that maybe wasn't the best way. Well, but there were also things where like, I don't want to plan that. Let's just not do it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Well, does everybody go to McDonald's before you come? <laughs> don't come hungry. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. <laughs> so from just engaged to the only thing left to do is say I do. Zola is here for all the days along the way. Just go to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash schmanners. That's Zola dot com slash schmanners. We also want to tell you about Batty Breakdowns. It's a podcast. Have you ever heard of those before? So it's I like have. it's I like internet radio. Yeah. You know about this? On demand. Okay. Do you like video games? Do you like hanging out and having fun with two baddies? Yes. Right <laughs> to both of those. I enjoy that. Then check out the new podcast, Batty Breakdowns. Join Bridget and Maddie as they break down games like the hit dating game Dream Daddy, the new shooter High on Life, Doki Doki Literature Club, and more. So make sure you check that out. It's Batty Breakdowns, spelled just like it sounds, B-A-D-D-Y, Breakdowns, all one word. Find it in your podcatcher. New episodes every other Sunday. So make sure you check that out. Hey, let us guess. You love books, but wish you had more time to read. Or maybe you used to read a lot, but life has gotten in the way, kids, grad school, you name it. Maybe you don't know where to start and bookish social media is overwhelming. How do people on TikTok read so many books? Oh my God, I don't know. And maybe you've been reading the same book for six months and now it's permanently attached to your bedside table. Maybe you don't even know what you like to read anymore. We're reading glasses and don't worry, we got you. We'll get you back into reading and help you enjoy books again. Reading glasses every week on Maximum Fun. Which animal has the most bones? Why isn't Pluto a planet? Why are bees electrically charged? Let's find out together on our show, Let's Learn Everything, where we learn anything and everything interesting. My name's Caroline, and I studied biodiversity and conservation. My name's Tom, and I studied computer science and cognitive blah, 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 blah. Mm, Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and my name's Ella, and I studied stem cells and regenerative medicine. On our show, we do as much research as you would for a class, but we don't get in trouble for making each other laugh. Subscribe to Let's Learn Everything every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. Okay, so the question that keeps popping up in my mind. Sure. Did they also have any, like, specific duties? Like, you're there, you get this thing, also clean up, you know, the yard or walk the dogs or make sure nobody breaks into the house? Um, It depends. It was more about kind of like a, a living tableau, right? Okay. So whatever kind of made sense... For the person to be doing, they could do. Like walking the dogs. I mean, but if they had dogs, you 
could walk those dogs. You so, weren't really supposed to like go into town to like break the magic of the thing, right? So this would be like if you let a poet use your hermitage, right? So right. right. You would want them to be sitting outside lounging, writing. Exactly. So that as your guests walked by, they would be like, oh, how splendid. Look at it. The artist in nature created Like if it was a painter, you would want them painting. Right. right? So you right. want these people. It's like, hey, here's a free place to live. And I need you to be visible Mm -hmm. like a blacksmith at a renaissance fair, right? Like you can sell your stuff here, but we also want you to be actively blacksmithing so people can watch you blacksmith. Sure, yeah. Yeah, a lot like that. A lot like that. Um, And so there would be... This time period was heavily inspired um, by classical influences of Greco-Roman culture and things like that. So there would be fountains and temples and circular walking paths and long carriage drives. And they would all kind of like, you know, like um, it was it's like when you (laughs) when you ride the train in an amusement park and they have little like like uh, like maybe an old West Village set up. And there's like cardboard cutouts and stuff. Look at that. It's or uh, as they do on the jungle cruise. Right. Look at this rhino trying to kill this man. Exactly. <laughs> Take and pictures. That's what you were supposed to do, right? So um this was a way to kind of like show off show off your vibe and entertain people. I mean, listen, I don't know if this is the universal experience, but it is my experience whenever I go on a walk through the woods or a walk somewhere. Okay. You're hoping to find something weird or cool or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like anybody who goes, well, once again, don't know if this is universal, but when I go to a city I've never been to before, I look it up on Atlas Obscura to see if there's like mm-hmm. weird stuff to check out. Yeah. So the idea of like, come walk with me through my estate. Oh, what's that over there? Ah, that's the temple, right? Then there's, sure. there's stuff to see, right? Mm-hmm. And these And these people were often encouraged not to just dress like normal people, right? They were encouraged to dress as druids because that was Excuse? hip. Excuse. So wait, everybody... No, 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 the hermits. The hermits. No, I get that. But I just like the idea of like, but but I'm a musician. Like, yeah, man, that's cool. Play Dave Matthews, but I need you to dress like a druid, please. Right, yeah. So like long flowing robes. Big beards. Big beards, like sticks and leaves in your hair, right? Okay. Some went so far as to really embody the role by not bathing or trimming their nails or wearing shoes. Now, some of those might be like, ah, an excuse to do a thing I already want to (laughs) do. Maybe. See, I would have gone full-blown, like, stag skull mask, you know, with the antlers and stuff. If somebody wants to come watch me do my thing, then they're going to have to deal with the full Travis. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, but you're going to be real creeped out while I sit here and record a podcast. Because that's what I would be. I mean, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't have any other... Mm-hmm. marketable skills. Maybe big bread. Maybe. I mean, that was one of the things that they were encouraged to do. Maybe uh, dispense sage advice, right? And like you said earlier, um, uh, recite poems or write poems if they're a poet. Um, play music if that's what they can do. Um, and, you know, just kind of be like authentically old-timey of a time that didn't authentic, really yeah. exist. Authentic, right? <laughs> right? Or just like just like it was the in there. Da- what date? Don't worry no, about don't it. don't worry about the date. Don't worry about it. Man, I, the more we talk about it Do you in remember, a different time, I would have loved to be a hermit. I would have loved this. Are you kidding me? Oh, I hear somebody coming. Let me put on my weird stuff and the sticks in my hair. Oogie boogie boogie. Anyways. It's, an ultimate, it's like I'll do the a ultimate live-in performance, yeah. right? And it's kind of like... Uh, 
when I was researching and looking at this, it's kind of like um, the the blind old man in um, Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I was going to make espresso. Yeah. Gene Hackman. Yeah. It's kind of like him. I just think, because here's the thing, let's be real, people. This wasn't a 24-7 job, right? It's like, oh, the, the owner of the estate has people coming over today. I'll do it that otherwise. You're just hanging out. Sure, but I mean, you weren't really supposed to like go anywhere or like invite people back or like have any kind of relationships. You were fully committed to the role. Yeah, but if I've got my stag's head skull mask on and I'm doing the sticks in my hair and I'm not bathing, cool day off, clean up, I'm going into town. You don't, you don't get days off. What? You could be fired for that. So you'd lose your you'd lose your, your Good luck. shelter. I have the only key. And your free food. Oh. It's he's rich, he just knocks it down and builds a new one. <gasps> what? Maybe. But I had so many good memories there. Well. Peeping in the church. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't have left. Okay. Now I'm starting to say that maybe this wouldn't be a good Maybe gig. not. Um and so there's like here here's one. Here's an advertisement about somebody who wants a, a hermit. Okay. Uh, this was in um, Sir William Gell's A Tour in the Lakes, made in 1797. What a long title. It reads, The hermit is never to leave the place or hold conversation with anyone for seven years during which he is neither to wash himself or cleanse himself in any way whatever, but is to let his hair and nails on both hands and feet grow as long as nature will permit them. No, thank you. I, but it wasn't a paid job or anything, right? Well, it's like I mean, you got it was room and board. Room and board. So, like, you didn't, ha- you quote, didn't have to do any work. You just kind of had to live there and be part of the furniture. Okay. On the plus side, right? If you are, say, a writer, right, or an artist or musician, it does seem like a good uh, deal in terms of you get the freedom to, like, just sit and do your work, right, without having to worry about having a day job to pay for a room and board. Yes. But, man, I don't think I could handle that restriction. Don't go anywhere or talk to anyone for seven years? The impact that that would have on you. I know, right? Oh, Boise. And here's the thing, right? Um, Paying for someone to live and eat and not really do anything gets kind of expensive. Yeah. Right? Um, even if they are entertainment, if they, you know, one one advertisement said that they just wanted someone to, like, sit at a desk all day and answer the door and, like, be kind of melancholy and macabre, talk to people. No, I could do that. When they come in. Let me do that. Ugh, come um, in. No, don't sit there. That's where the ghost sits. But, I'm just kidding. There's no ghost. Come on in. But you don't, th- what they- I don't feel like you played along with me. Sorry. Yeah, you didn't get scared by my ghost. I wasn't scared, sorry. You weren't scared, but that no. was my bet. <sighs> what people quickly figured out is they could very easily replace this person with a mannequin. <laughs> oh, so more and more like a train at an amusement park, yes. huh? Okay. Yes, they could very easily replace this person or even, you don't even have to have a mannequin. You just have to like set up a kind of house- museum style that looks like you just missed the person yeah right where like you have a half a half like uh worn down candle and someone's glasses are on the side table and there's dirty dishes in the sink or whatever right you kind of just set it up to make it look like oh they were just here oh we just missed them they might they must be off for a walk in the mist or whatever it is right um and so like 
It was pretty short-lived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, babe, I didn't think that this was still going, if you know what I mean. Like, this is the thing where it's like, hey, uh, this is so trendy. Huh. Now there is just a person there we have to take care of. Uh, You know what? I'm going to put up a mannequin. No, better yet, a cardboard cutout. I'm going to put a backlit cardboard cutout in front of uh, the window shade. This is going to be great. I'm going to get a, a cardboard cutout and I'm going to tape it onto a record player like in Home Alone. And it's going to be perfect. Perfect. Now, so a lot of these places don't really exist anymore um, because they weren't really built to last. They were built kind of like, you know, like huts or cabins or, you know, really very simple dwellings. Uh, but there is a chronicle, a catalog of hermitages in Campbell's book, like I said earlier. And he lists whether they were destroyed or never really built at all. Right. Um, So like you could say on this very spot was the place where a druid lived or whatever. Right. You could have the hermitage without actually having have your hermitage and eat it, too. Exactly. Um, And so like the garden hermit, though, hasn't really left us. It probably is the origination of garden garden gnomes. gnomes. Yeah. And flamingos. Yeah, probably. Or like little fairy gardens or whatever it is that you set up in your own yard to make it look like somebody might be there. Like Bigfoot. Sure. I got a little Sasquatch. Oh, he keeps falling over his arms, keep breaking. I got to get bigger, stronger Sasquatch. Sasquatch, got to get a Sasquatch to protect mm-hmm. my little Sasquatch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it used to be kind of more like about how this person was really like communing with nature and we just happened upon them. And now it's kind of like a little a little scene that I've set up for my friends. Yeah. yeah. It's, it doesn't seem that far off, honestly. I'd like a fairy garden. Yeah. I'm glad that there's not a person living in it. Yes, Okay, exactly. great. Exactly. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to our researcher, Alex, without whom I don't even know if I'd want to make this show. <laughs> and thank you to, uh, let's say, the host, without whom I could not exist, uh, Teresa. Oh, well, thank thank you. I think I could actually exist without you. That makes it sound like you're like my creator or something. That's not how that works. <laughs> I, I guess it just means I like thought I we wouldn't were want to thank the audience for listening because why well we would can you make it? Yeah, we can make the show without them, but, but why? why? Um, and also, uh, make sure you check out all the cool stuff at macromerch.com. Oh, Teresa and I are going to be on the Joko Cruise. We are. If you haven't checked that out yet, you should. It's a great lineup. Um, if you're into uh, you know, like TTRPG stuff, uh, Brendan Mulligan. Uh, Abriya Ingar, Eric Ishii are also going to be there. We're going to be playing uh, a game or two on the main stage. But there's also going to be like music and workshops and comedy and, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. We're going to do uh, a couple of Spanish things, including like a high tea with us or afternoon tea. One Af- of those teas. Afternoon tea. Uh, and you'll just see us around. Uh, so check that out. Also, I'm going to be at Sketchfest uh, performing with Jonathan Colton and friends on February 3rd doing. Uh, a couple of fake TED Talks, one at 7.30, one at 10.30. Uh, it's about entourage. I'm she, talk he's about... very into it. I yeah. have to hear about all the iterations of the fake TED Talk. I have watched, in the past, uh, Younger Me watched every episode of Entourage. And so now I'm building an in-universe timeline. And the movie. And I'm building an in-universe timeline. There's only timeline. one movie? Yeah. I know. It feels like so much. Anyways, <laughs> uh, you can check that out. San Francisco Sketch Fest, February 3rd. Um, what else, Teresa? We also thank Brent Brentofloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Uh, he wrote a musical as well. Yeah, Con. Con. You guys should check that out. Anyway, it's based on the the Star Trek 
breath of con. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. It's coming around. Um, also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, join that group today. Um, also, we are always taking topic submissions, idiom submissions. If you want to just say hi to Alex, you can email us at schmannerscast at gmail.com. And you, she reads every one, so do say hi. And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners. Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.